0: Ling and i'm charles lee and you're listening to the grok science show that's right it's a weekly look at the world of science technology and their effects on our daily lives coming up on today's program dr marie claire ariatus will join us to discuss let them eat dirt so stay tuned for all of this plus the grokatron 5000
1: and our world famous question a week
0: coming right up here on the grok's science show Welcome back to the Grok Science Show. Well, recent research suggests that kids' gut health is extremely delicate from conception to about the age of five, and an imbalance in microbes can lead to a whole host of disorders. Well, fortunately, there are proactive things that parents can do to influence their child's microbiota, including encouraging them to play outside and getting dirty. Well, in the new book, Let Them Eat Dirt, microbiologists Dr. Brett Finlay and Dr. Marie Claire Arietta offer enough scientific background that when you get to the do's and don'ts, you'll be able to have a very informed decision about what to do next. One of the authors, uh, Dr. Marie-Claire Arietta, is an assistant professor at the University of Calgary. Her study connecting asthma in very young babies to missing key intestinal bacteria species was deemed a breakthrough in the field and reported news outlets throughout the world. Dr. Arietta has been published in a number of leading scientific journals, including Gastroenterology and PNAS, and she's written the new book, along with Dr. Finley, called Let Them Eat Dirt, and Dr. Arietta, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Uh, well, certainly a pleasure, certainly a fascinating book uh, you've written here, to Let Them Eat Dirt. Uh, I'm curious, uh, how did you become interested in this whole topic?
1: Well, I have been studying microbes for um, some decades now. I'm, I'm a microbiologist, and and I've been really interested in, in them since I was uh, a little girl. However, historically, microbiologists like myself... We have uh, mainly studied those microbes that cause disease. I mean, we're a lot more familiar with them, just like the general public is a lot more familiar with them. We have gotten a really good idea of how they work and how they cause disease. Uh, But it is until very recently that that we are now revealing um, this really interesting other side of microbes that are not associated with disease but they're actually associated with health. Uh, we're learning how how they keep our, our bodily functions going and, and that to me was tremendously interesting um, as a microbiologist.
0: So why is it that we haven't really been taught or lo- thought to look at these uh, guys as, as being sort of important for our overall health?
1: Well, it all started, this is Quite new science. We're talking about 10, 15 years ago, some of the first experiments that were done in, in animals, of course. And, and, and they started experimenting with uh, germ free mice. So these are mice that are completely devoid of any microbes. And you have to, of course, um, keep them in, in, in very, very specialized conditions in order to do these experiments. And they started to compare, um, for example, different aspects of their metabolism, just from, from how much they weigh to how much how much they ate and they also started to compare their immune systems and now they're starting to compare their behavior too. And they first starting to to realize that microbes that sorry, animals that do not have microbes, they have very different physiology, including behavior and immune system and metabolism, than animals that do have microbes. So it all started from there. Then it went into to, uh, research that is, being doing in, is, being, is, is getting done in humans now, where we're comparing a group of people that may have a disease with a group of people that do not. And we found some really interesting differences in the type of microbes that they have in their gut. However, with those studies, you don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Is it the disease that may be causing the changes in the gut microbes or vice versa? So we kept doing more experiments in animals and also following up babies, these baby studies that are really neat because we can follow humans before they get disease and then see what happens when they get disease. And yeah, we have found that there's really important changes in the gut microbes that actually present proceed and often predict um, some disease outcomes. And when I say disease outcomes, it's mainly asthma and allergies, which are the ones that I'm mostly interested in. So as, as, as more research comes in, we're getting this picture that, that, yeah, microbes really play a role in our health and also in how diseases form in humans.
0: Uh, So what is it that these uh, microbes do in our gut that uh, makes them so uh, beneficial or deleterious?
1: Yeah, well, we're learning more and more as we go that the initial picture that we have is that they do a lot. There's this these microbes, they're a real powerhouse of of metabolism. So they're creating a lot of of substances, chemicals that we absorb um, all the time. And these substances that we absorb through our our intestine, they interact with our own cells and they have uh, different effects. The microbes themselves also interact with our cells um, through different parts of of their structure. They can can become in contact with our own cells um, and and change. And that the way they they um, they act um, so these are immune cells but but also we're learning more about nervous cells that line our intestines that can interact with products of bacteria or other type of, of microorganisms so this is really going down to the you know the the, the biochemistry of, of how things work in the body but literally the the actual microbes and some of the products of their metabolism, they directly um, interact with our own cells.
0: Uh, where do all these uh, different microbes come from?
1: Um, that is a, a great question. I mean, uh, we are, we live in a, in a world that is completely covered in, in microbes, and microbes were here well, well before um, us and many other animals came about. Um, so we get them from everywhere, but it, the the process of acquiring them is is something that is being under intense study at the moment. So we know that, in in humans and in mammals, for that matter. The initial source of microbes is it's going to happen right at birth. So we're sterile inside the womb, and then as soon as we come out, we're going to get impregnated with the vaginal microbes and also fecal microbes because of you know the anatomical location that 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 where birth occurs. Um, And then from then on, we're going to acquire them from all the food that we eat. Eat, and in the case of humans and many mammals, that's going to be exclusive breast milk for a little while, and then the other foods also will be not just a source of microbes, but they will provide the food that certain microbes use to grow. And then general contact with other people and other surfaces. So it starts at the seeding or the pioneer species. And they happen at birth and during the first weeks and months of life, and then from then on um, we acquire them as, as we go about with our lifespan.
0: And how diverse is the microbiome then among different people in different countries? Uh, does it account a little bit for different types of health and different individuals?
1: Yes. Um, so in terms of the gut microbiome, is really diverse. It's actually a, a very, in terms of, of just measurement of, of diversity, comparing it to other ecosystems around the world, is really, really rich um, and, and diverse. That changes, though, throughout life. It doesn't start as diverse early on, but as we acquire more species, and we eat more varied sources of food, it becomes more diverse. It reaches um, sort of like a high plateau at around ages two or three, and then it kind of stays about the same uh, until about old age, so 65 and up, it starts going down again. Um, it changes uh, in terms of composition, not so much diversity in between people, and we're talking about healthy people. So your microbiome has different bugs than my microbiome, and it's pretty specific, actually. Uh, everyone has almost their own recipe of, of microbes and, and abundances of different microbes in, in their gut. Um And then different populations have different both composition and diversity. And what has been shown in different Studies is that westernised or more industrialised populations have um, much uh, less diversity than non-industrialised populations, and and even even less so than Aboriginal populations or, or people that still are live in a lot more in contact with with nature than, than than we do, for example. And then in terms of health and disease, it's the same. It's not 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 for all diseases, but the ongoing understanding is that less diversity is definitely not good for you. So with many disease states, not all of them, but many of them will show a decrease in diversity of the gut microbiome.
0: And can this diversity then shift if if you move from uh, the westernized world to the forest or, or vice versa?
1: So the few studies that have uh, shown that have shown it the other way around. So what happens when you come from a population that where you would expect to have a more diverse microbiome into a westernized population? And this shows that yeah, it can be depleted, uh, but but it can change. The, the things that are going to 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 um, pose a, a biggest the biggest influence is going to be diet. Diet is really, I mean, what you eat, um, yes, you feed yourself, but even before you feed yourself, you're feeding your microbes. Um, And then the the amount and the type of fiber uh, is going to really alter this diversity. This is why populations, for example, that eat less processed foods and higher contents of fiber, they have a higher diversity of food. So if you go from, you know, from a high processed diet with lots of meat to a vegetarian diet, that will also increase your diversity.
0: Uh, Are there any particular uh, gut microbes that are among the most important or are the ones you can... No,
1: no, no, the the good answer there is no, we don't know. I mean, we know that some of them can be beneficial and we have heard about them in in probiotics. Um, Whether they can improve an already healthy person into making your microbiome even better that has not been shown. But yes, if you're constipated or if you have diarrhea, taking a probiotic will improve those conditions. So we do know a little bit about those beneficial microbes, but when we compare, for example, the microbiome from, from non-industrialized countries to industrialized countries, it's still unclear whether, whether it is diversity or whether it is a particular set of microbes that are beneficial for overall health. So we don't know yet.
0: And so, what are some of the diseases that are that are linked to um, changes in the the gut microbiome?
1: Yes. Uh, well, the one that I study is asthma and allergies, and uh, the, the links now have been shown for for both animals and, and humans, and there's now not only an association but, but a causal relationship between changes in the microbiome and, and the development of these diseases, but also obesity, um, both in animals and in humans has been shown, so obesity, but also type 1 and type 2 diabetes, uh, behavioral diseases as well, such as autism, um, there's important links there, multiple sclerosis Coming up with really neat um, information. So those are um, those are some of the diseases that that uh, come to mind at the moment. Uh, the list is is really long. Um, the the issue is that at the beginning, what we get, as I mentioned before, are those studies that show that the microbiome of a group of deceased individuals is different from the microbiome from a group of healthy individuals. But that's not really and that's not really. That's not only showing an association, right? You have to do further experiments to really prove that that change in microbiome is, is leading or is part of of the process that leads to, to the disease. And uh, those extra experiments, they have been done for some of the uh, for for the, for the um, diseases that I just mentioned.
0: Uh, what do you think it is about the Western diet that uh, needs changing, and what uh, what can parents do to help uh, help kids uh, in terms of develop uh, gut microbes?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot that kept being done about the Western diet. And some of the things that we have found in that research is really a repetition of what you know dietitians have been telling us uh, for, for decades now. We just eat a lot of processed foods and we eat, we, we eat very little fiber. Um, what we're understanding now is that some of the reasons why this diet is not beneficial for us Has to do with our microbiome. We didn't know about the microbiome component until very, very recently. So, when we're thinking about infant nutrition, uh, breastfeeding, it's by far the best thing that you can do. Um, In terms of, of well, there's there's many reasons uh, that that support that. But in terms of your microbiome, it will support a more diverse microbiome eventually, Um, and also that the. The neat thing about breast milk is that not only does it contain microbes itself, but it also contains a component in its chemistry that that feeds these microbes, um, which is a really neat evolutionary strategy that that has been conserved in in humans and other mammals to to sort of preserve the the microbes that are growing in a developing baby. When it comes to introducing solid foods, I mean, the the guidelines that, that, at least in Canada, um, we used to have until recently was to just start start them in one type of cereal and then slowly move to the other one. And while that is still recommended to try one food at a time to, to rule out an allergic or a sensitivity reaction in a child, what we're recommending is to um, to give children a more diverse diet from early on. What that means is do not just give your kid – rice cereal until the box of rice cereal is done and then buy the other one. But uh, once you've, once you've, uh, um, once you know that your child Um, can't eat uh, certain foods, then to mix them up and to increase the amount and that diversity of fibers that you expose your your children. In every meal, give them fibers. And when I'm talking about fibers, I'm talking about vegetable sources and and whole grains. Forget about processed white flours and and, and white grains, but use the whole varieties that is definitely going to to promote the growth of a more diverse microbiome. And then finally, the use of of fermented foods, which is something that, of course, has been lost. Humans used to eat a lot more of these. So when it comes to fermented foods, I'm talking about, you know, pickled vegetables and um, sauerkraut and uh, yogurt and kefir and all these foods that already have microbes in them. And these probiotic microbes have been shown to be beneficial, especially in in the infant population.
0: All right, well, a good advice. Uh, certainly a challenge for those of us who have uh, picky kid eaters, but you know, we can certainly try.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing with them, and I have to of those myself too, is to both keep introducing them to them even though they say no the first twenty times eventually they get sick like, if you say you know giving to them and they will eat it and there's actually quite interesting data supporting that um, but also as soon as my kids were old enough to understand and we're talking about age two right when you're reading them books and, and um, they can sort of follow what you're telling them is that you, you tell them about their bugs and um, and you you tell them, I mean, you have to make it a lot more whimsical than, than what that is, but you tell them that they have little critters living in them and that they do not like, you know, pizza and, and mac and cheese, that they the only thing that they like are, are vegetables and fruits um, and that it's really up to them to feed their, their bugs and they have to keep them alive. So that, that has worked for me and it has worked for other people that have used that analogy. Children really respond to, to information and they can eat healthy food if 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 they're given healthy food.
0: All right. Well, we'll give that a try with our kids here. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Uh, uh, maybe just to close, if people are sort of curious about the state of health of their own microbiome, is there a way they can find out?
1: Yes, there is. And there's, of course, several companies that have, uh, you know, they jumped at the opportunity of, of, of the general interest around microbiome, and you can get a test on your microbiome. Um, and with that said, you don't really know what to do with that information. So we don't really know yet, and especially, you know, clinicians still do not yet know yet, first, which microbes are necessarily better than others, but especially we do not know yet how to modify them. So out of general interest, sure, go ahead, I think it's about a hundred bucks and you can get a, sur- a survey of what microbes you have in you, but that may not necessarily mean much to you, and you will not be able to do much about it.
0: Maybe uh, for those who are interested in learning more about uh, their gut microbes. Uh, for sure. And were... I did it. I did it <laughs>
1: myself just out of curiosity, right? It was really interesting for me to know. Um and again, uh, because I, I, I am a firm believer in the science, and I, I have, for example, I I now eat a lot more vegetables and fibers than I did before. I tried to do it myself. So so I, I was interested in seeing, oh, I wonder if all this fiber that I'm eating now is having a an effect. Um, mind you, I didn't know what I had before, so that was kind of hard to assess for me, but I was interested in doing it. And, and yeah, there's a few companies that will provide that service.
0: Uh, well, it's certainly a fascinating topic, certainly a fascinating book here. And uh, I, w- I want to thank you very much for joining us today. The new book is called Let Them Eat Dirt, Saving Your Child from an Oversanitized World. Uh, the authors, uh, Dr. Brett Finlay and uh, Dr. Marie Claire Arietta. And Dr. Arietta, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.